frustrated and we can turn away or we can dedicate ourselves and we can continue to learn. We can spend day in and day out in scripture. We can make sure that we are balancing as much scripture time as worldly time. said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure, what is new, and what is old. It's Matthew 13, 52. Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning. We're excited that you're here and excited to go through yet another chapter of the gospel, the first gospel, the book of Matthew, as we've been doing for the last 13 weeks. We encourage you to go back and listen to previous episodes as well. However, they were a little bit more scattered, or a lot more scattered throughout the Bible, verse by verse, specific topic uh, pertinent to that week. But in early August, we made the decision that from this point forward, we're going to work chapter by chapter through the Bible. Around that time, we also made the decision that under the umbrella of Biblical Anatomy Academy, we were going to have a separate podcast, which we have on Mondays uh, that was going to discuss anatomy and physiology from a biblical point of view, specifically helping out homeschoolers, gap year students, and college students. We encourage you to check out that one as well. And with that in mind, we ask for your prayers as we continue to work on beginning Biblical Anatomy Academy. In fact, we've changed our mission statement on both podcasts to align with the business because both Biblical Anatomy, the Biblical Anatomy podcast, and Discipleship Conditioning, the Discipleship Conditioning podcast, fit under the umbrella of Biblical Anatomy Academy. Again, we're going to launch a cohort of 10 to 20 students in January. We look to fill that up as soon as possible, and we cannot wait for what God makes known in our lives in this path that He has brought to us. We are so excited and ask for your support, and we ask for your prayers. Couldn't be more thrilled truly an answered prayer from many days, many weeks, many months, and many years in my life and our family's lives. We also ask for your prayers. Please email us those prayers at prayers at biblicalanatomyacademy.com. We'll also have an email in the show notes specific to this podcast that you can reach out. Either email is fine. Point is, we want to have communication with you. We're all over social media as well. So if that's the best way for you to communicate with us, if you prefer that messenger, fantastic. We would be happy to communicate with you on any of those platforms. The point is relationship and communicating, and we, and we strive to do that. So again, the benefit of today is going to be Matthew chapter 13. Our updated mission statement is that we are dedicated to equipping Christian homeschool gap year and college students who seek to understand their biblical anatomy to connect science with scripture so we can better love the Lord our God, understanding His handiwork in our lives. God breathed alive into us. We are clearly inspired by Him. We are the only creature of His creation that is made in His image. Personally, that motivates me to understand as much as I can about His design within our human bodies as possible. 
I dedicate my life's work to serving Jesus. And the specialty, the expertise, if you will, that he has given me is understanding the human body. And so that is what I seek to share with you today and every day as we continue discussing the pertinent topics under our business umbrella of Biblical Anatomy Academy. I'll start with a story from last week. This was Thursday morning. I was reading Matthew chapter 13 in preparation for this podcast. And in reading it that first day, right after we concluded Matthew 12, I could have told you a very convincing, adamant story that there was something added to the Bible that I read out of. I've read chapter 13 before, and at first glance, the chapter doubled in length. I remember reading parable after parable in the past and being so frustrated, like looking at the text and praying, like, just tell me what you want me to know. Be clear. Don't speak in these parables. I don't understand them. And just being frustrated and really frustrated in the sense that I felt like I wasn't in the club, sort of speak, or I wasn't in the know. And I wanted to be spoken to plainly. But I realized looking back that my heart was hard at that period of time. I did not have eyes to see. I did not have ears to hear. And so I wasn't gathering the message, the message that was right there in front of me. And quite literally, there's been nothing added to Scripture since that point in time. The only difference is I was reading out of a different translation. But Thursday, last Thursday, reading it felt that way. It felt as though information had been added because I had eyes to see and I had ears to hear. And the message was just staring back at me clear in the face. The Bible says that the Bible is a living, breathing thing from God. And it truly felt that way. It was an absolute incredible experience. I often don't share these sorts of experiences very often, but I was so excited about it. I shared it with a number of men uh, and women that I am close with, brothers and sisters. And it was just an unreal experience. If you've had that experience, I'd love to hear sort of your part of your testimony and that experience that you've had, in addition to your testimony through the email or social media or anything that we've talked about before. But I can't wait for the next one. I cannot wait for the next experience where I get to dive into scripture and read it almost literally like I'm reading it for the first time in a way that it makes sense, that it didn't make sense. So I say this story of last Thursday morning to inspire you that if you're someone listening who, like me for many years, has been curious about Christians and curious about what the Bible has to to tell us, but you're frustrated because you don't understand it, and you use excuses like it was written in old English and it was a different time and this, that, and the other, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I was that person, and I get it now. I do. And part of that is achieving depths in my life that were tragic and not fun and certainly not one that I'd want to repeat. But for me, I almost, due to my stubborn nature, had to reach rock bottom to give it all up and say, I I turn my life over to you, God. It's not working. I'm not a good manager for my own life, but I know you are. 
and I trust that you are. And so here are the keys to my life, and I make that choice. So we're going to talk about that in and out through Scripture today and making that choice and having the free will and respect to make that choice. But again, if you're frustrated and if you feel like you aren't understanding this, I'm telling you, as soon as you turn your life over, you hand the keys over and you let someone else drive, you let not anyone else drive, you let Jesus drive, however that needs to occur for you, whether you need to reach rock bottom like I did or you are able to make that decision today, you do that and in time with devotion, prayer, wise counsel, scripture, day in and day out, you will begin to understand the text I promise. And so I hope that inspires you because I wish I could rewind time and have this podcast to listen to about five to 10 years ago because it's a message that I needed to hear. Now, it all worked out, but I share these experiences through podcast, not because I'm super comfortable doing so or I want to, but because I feel called to, and there's somebody out there that this will help. So along those lines, if I've helped you, please let's have a relationship and let's communicate. If there's someone in your life that you think this could help, please pass it along to them. So we'll begin our application with Matthew 13. And as always, I want to try to keep these podcasts between 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes at the longest. And due to the nature of what I've experienced over the last week and the profound nature of Matthew 13, I feel like I say this every week and it's just building and getting almost better and better and better, even though I don't really deem any part of the Bible better than the other. But nevertheless, as I continue to dive deep and understand this, it's getting harder and harder and harder to fit the material that's necessary into that 20, 25 minutes. And when I ramble, as I just have, it makes it even harder because I'm taking up precious time. So let's begin with Matthew 13, 3 through 9. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And that last part is what I'd like to focus on. I spend so much time on dissecting this completely to the best of my ability as a non-biblical scholar, but I'll focus on the end there. He who has ears, let him hear. Again, I used to be so frustrated when I heard parables. Like I just mentioned, I felt like I was not qualified or not in the club, not good enough. And when the devil gets a hold of something like that, you've experienced, I'm sure you have, how he runs with that and makes you continue to feel those negative thoughts, trying to keep us from positivity, trying to keep us from everything that God wants for us and the love that God has for us. And it's clever at it and often gets us tricked in a situation or pathway that we shouldn't be. But scriptures here is the word of God as truth to support the direction we should head. And so when we have ears to hear, we can hear. When we have eyes to see, we can see and we can begin to understand these. 
and be far less frustrated with parables because our heart is no longer hardened. We are accepting. We have turned our lives over. So as we'll discuss throughout here, directly and indirectly, this pertains to a heart issue, whether you're willing to turn your life over or not, or whether it's too meaningful for you to have control and you're not ready to turn it over completely. I can tell you as a brother that my life has been exquisite since turning my life over. I don't know that I can phrase it much better than that, but I would suggest if you're making that choice or if you're looking to make that choice to turn your life over. There are those listening, brothers and sisters, that would say something very similar. I know that, and I encourage you to do so. And for those of you that already have, life's good, isn't it? Matthew 13, 13. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. If you can't see and you can't hear, you don't understand, right? I didn't, and that's why I was frustrated. Just like a chemistry class where we're learning about polymers, and I don't understand what a polymer is, and I'm tired of the fancy language, and I don't get it, and speak to me plainly. And some people turn away. I did not with chemistry and anatomy and physiology. I continued and continued and continued, and eventually I figured it out. Christianity is the same way. We can get frustrated and we can turn away or we can dedicate ourselves and we can continue to learn. We can spend day in and day out in scripture. We can make sure that we are balancing as much scripture time as worldly time and hopefully eventually scripture time with no worldly time to the best of our ability. Although we are told that we will grow together the wheat and the weeds as we will see later. Um, Defending ourselves against the world and understanding God's word to the best of our ability. Uh, We were in church not too long ago, and church was talking about another verse later on in the New Testament that speaks to the living, breathing nature of the Bible and speaks to a lot of these things coming back and connecting. And it's for someone that has a scientific brain and thinking of these scientific prof, uh, not what's the word I'm looking for processes sort of methodology is probably more accurate to what I'm thinking of to someone that thinks in that manner it is so wonderful the deeper your hole into the Bible gets in that it's okay to look for truth it's okay to seek for truth it's okay to um, to dig and dig and dig because Your faith gets more entrenched the deeper you dig as opposed to finding something that that doesn't fit. That certainly has not been my experience. So if we have eyes to hear and we have, if we have eyes to hear, I'm sorry, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, we can, we can, but we have to make a cognizant choice in that, digging deeper each and every day. And then eventually polymer, like in chemistry, will not be a difficult term for us. It will be part of our our language because we understand and we have committed to it. Right? God doesn't want, I feel confident in saying this, God doesn't want lukewarm followers. He doesn't want to make it so easy that you can sort of be vested in. No, he wants you to choose him emphatically. That's why he gave you a choice. And so if you're 
willing to act like a scholar or perhaps a scribe is mentioned in the beginning and, and also at the end and dedicate yourself to choosing him emphatically day in and day out, that's where a relationship gets really fun and really rewarding in our lives. Matthew 13, 13. That's what we just read. I apologize. I was losing track in my notes here. Um, so Matthew 13, 16 through 17. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So, as we just said, if you don't have eyes to see, and if you don't have ears to hear, you won't. But if you do have eyes to see, and you do have ears to hear, you will. So, in a way that parables frustrated me before, it was meant to frustrate the hardened of heart and turn away and say, I'm not going to deal with it. And it was meant to encourage those that were open to the message. Isn't that incredible? One message that can be read or heard or seen by two people and produce two completely different results. I'm reminded of a story, which isn't in my show notes here, and I'll deviate a little bit, but a story that I heard about Earl Nightingale. And Earl Nightingale had a friend with two sons. And I think I told this story before, but it's worth sharing again. And the friend went to prison, and I believe it was over drug charges, and just had a real checkered past and had always struggled with sobriety. And he asked Earl Nightingale to please check on his two boys over time while he was in jail. So he did. And both boys were in their early 30s, and he goes to the house of the first, and it's American dream, white picket fence, kids in the front lawn, dog, the whole deal. And in talks with the oldest of the two boys, he says, uh, how could you have gotten to this point? Before we answer that, he also goes to the youngest boy, who's a similar age, and he is difficult to find, but once found, he is in a very troubled neighborhood. He is using drugs. His sobriety is very difficult for him to manage, and he's following a very similar path as his father, and in, in many ways given up. And so he also asks him, how did you, how did you get here? What, like, what, what happened to get you in this situation? And with more confusion, because he, he'd just seen his older brother and seen the outcome of that. And so essentially he asks both brothers the same question, how did you get here? And they both answered the same thing. They said, with a father like that, how could I have done anything differently? So profound that we have an experience in our life that can either turn us towards it or turn us away from it, turn us to good or turn us to evil. Okay? My parents divorced when I was 10, 11 years old and I chose to go the opposite direction of the influence of my mother. And I could have gone the same direction. Here we have a parable in the hardened of heart go one way, and those accepting and loving of Jesus and turning their lives over to Jesus 
hear something completely different. Again, that's, that's amazing that one story, the same set of words, can elicit two different responses in individuals just based on their choice to turn their life over to God. So Matthew 13, 18 through 23, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what is sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness, deceitfulnesses of riches, deceitfulness, I'm sorry, of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. He indeed bears fruit and yields. Again, this is eyes to see, ears to hear. This is our answer. This is the first part of last Thursday that was so profound to me. This is the part, one of two parts that I did not even notice the first few times I read through this. This is one of two parts that I felt was interjected into the Bible. And I can't state it any clearer or any better than what is stated here. Matthew 13, 24 through 30, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But when his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, and at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. The part here that I would like to focus on Again, this is a parable that I read prior and did not understand, prior being years ago. Let both grow together. Is that not indicative of the world that we live in? Let both grow together. There are those of weeds and there are those of wheat from seeds. And we are to grow together and that is part of the test, isn't it? All I can say here is be the wheat. Follow Jesus. Matthew 13, 33, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Hid in three measures of flour. That's like the church, right? The church hid in this world. It's there and it's tiny in comparison to the world, but it will grow and grow and grow as the bread 
comes to be. I think it's probably my favorite parable. Probably would... It, it was along with the rest. It was frustrating to me back then. But probably my favorite of them, just based on the way that it's described. But also one that I don't think that I have a perfect understanding on. So as I've asked the last couple episodes, what do you think? What do you think is meant by Matthew 13, 33? Please tell me. Matthew 13, 37 through 43, he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears. He who has ears, let him hear. Getting pretty uh, self-explanatory at this point, right? He who has ears, let him hear. When a person is ready to hear the message, they will hear it. When a person is ready to see the message, to see what is going on, they will see it. And this all is because we have and serve a loving God who gives us a choice. I've said this before. He could easily make the choice for us and make us all bow. And as the New Testament says later on, there will be a time where every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. But at this present time, he has given us a choice. Matthew 13, 52. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This one I've done a little bit more study on, and I believe what they're speaking to here is Old Testament and New Testament and what Jesus fulfilled. So the question I would ask is, what do we recognize as fulfilled by Jesus in the New Testament? As you know from listening to this, you know that I have struggled with that myself, and I am by no means perfect, not even close And I'm still working to understand this to the best of my ability. I speak very excitedly today because of how much has been exposed to me in this because I finally have eyes to see and ears to hear. I see the old me in this way. I bury it and I refer to that individual much in the same way Phil Robinson refers to his old self, that that old self is dead and buried. And I live thankfully of the new me that is birthed in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your time today. We went a little bit long, but I know that it was well worth it. Uh, We are self-sponsored, biblicalanatomy.com. I have mentioned in previous shows uh, what I'd like for you to do, whether it's refer us, review us, or come look at the courses that we have to offer. So, Due to our time constraints, I'm not going to continue with that today. Just know that um, we look for your support in what we're doing, which is God's calling on our life. Take-home message for today is, do we have eyes to see and ears to hear? And we'll conclude with the Lord's Prayer as we always do. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.